Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Bex. And I'm Laura. And we're here to talk openly and honestly about miscarriage, stillbirth and all pregnancy loss. We aim to smash the taboo surrounding these subjects. And rebuild the topic in a way to support and educate women. Rather than isolate and shame them. Welcome to the worst girl gang ever. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of The Worst Girl Gang Ever. I am so excited about this episode because we have the amazing Hannah Pern. <laughs> welcome Hannah. Thank you, that's a very nice introduction. Yeah, well. It... Why are you so excited Bex? Is it acupuncture well, or cervical mucus that excites you the most? I mean both. Is there anything more <laughs> exciting in life than acupuncture and cervical mucus? Double I can't think of anything. No, in my world no. they are my two best. <laughs> two phase things. <laughs> so those of you who don't know Hannah, you should definitely follow her because she is hilarious. So we have, um, we, because I remember when we started The Worst Girl Gang Ever, I found you quite early on and I just felt like we were so in tune with the way that we kind of talk about things and the way that we bring kind of warmth and humour to what can be like quite an overwhelming topic. And yeah. is that is that something that you have made a conscious decision to do because you're not like any other well you're not like a lot of other sort of professionals in your realm are you no I I think when I first started out I tried to be uh like you know like the professional acupuncturist who was talking about serious topics and then I think what I realized that if you want to be on social media all the time you can't be something that you're not because it's exhausting. And so what I realized was actually, you know, as much as I would like to always be professional and serious, because I sort of felt like I needed that gravitas in the way that I was presenting myself, what I realized is that I could not maintain that because that is really not me. And Mm. it just sort of started to happen that I just thought, I'm just going to do it how I would do it and not worry too much about, you know, appearing professional all the time and being a bit silly here and there and being you know like just bringing in a bit of humor and so and 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 yeah and that's that's what it was I was like you can't pretend to be something that you're not so I just do it how I would do it and that's what you see on Instagram (laughs) (laughs) it is brilliant it is absolutely brilliant and tell us a bit about how and why you started because your your focus is on fertility isn't it you are a fertility acupuncturist yeah 
So, so we do a lot around fertility and a lot around fertility education. So I guess, I guess the clinic is very much treating people who are going through a fertility journey, whether that's IVF or they're trying to conceive naturally or they're getting prepped and ready for that experience. But I guess what I do on Instagram is kind of like a lot of the education around that. And the reason that I do that is that I realize that people were sitting in clinic every day saying, why do I not know this? Like really mm. upset and frustrated and angry that they hadn't had that information 10 years earlier. And it really sort of got me thinking like, you know, people end up in clinic because they feel like they've got nowhere else to go and they've got no space for people to listen to them and talk them through what is actually happening with their body. That's like a really unique place that we have because we have time unlike GPs or fertility clinics where they're really limited by the amount of time they have we really give a lot of time to people and so I I sort of thought you know it would be good to kind of to try and talk to people 10 years earlier so ultimately they don't end up in my clinic or they do but they end up for the right reasons because so many people are there because they've been on the wrong path for many, many years, you know, because they didn't necessarily have the awareness of what might be involved with their IVF or, you know, that it might be male factor uh, fertility issues. So so that's why I do a lot, a lot of campaigning on Instagram and trying to really, really beat the drum for fertility education, because I think that it can really help solve the crisis in fertility that we are experiencing, you know, there's never been more people going for fertility treatment and more couples struggling. So I think education is not the whole answer, but I think it can certainly help a good percentage of those people. That is amazing. And it had to say like Hannah is uh, one of the experts on our courses. And whenever it's Hannah Pern week, we get so many, we have like a a WhatsApp group and we get so many comments every, it's every course, isn't it, Laura, Mm. without fail, we get people going, Oh my God, I've just watched Hannah Pern. I cannot believe that. I cannot believe that antihistamines have a effect on, what is it, cervical mucus. I cannot believe this, you know, and they feel so, I think a lot of it is you feel so hard done by, by your sex education at school. You feel like, my God, what was that about? Because it's not about putting condoms on bananas slash cucumbers, depending on where you're from. It is about, you know, how to how to know when you're ovulating, how to read the signs of your body, how to, because now having read and, and spoken to you a lot, I know when I'm, it's not part of my journey anymore, but I know when I'm ovulating because yeah. the signs my body is telling me, I don't have regular periods at all, but I still know when it happens. And I, interestingly, I put it down and without fail, I have a period two weeks later. Yeah. It's so interesting because it allows me to plan ahead. Like, what am I going to be doing in two weeks? And, and that sort of thing. Yeah. But, I'm 38 you know I could have done with this when I was in in that Mm. journey but it's fascinating I think what you're doing is so brilliant thank you thank you and I I just feel like it it serves it serves you know people who have a cycle basically the whole way through you know because if you start with teenagers and teenage years I just was involved with that um really good documentary about um the business of birth control oh yeah really really interesting and this whole statistic that 30 to 40 percent of young people who are who've got menstrual cycles are put on uh contraception or put on the pill because of problems with their menstrual cycle you know Mm -hmm. so painful periods irregular periods heavy periods they're not using it for contraception and this whole idea that that's how we treat women's health that's what we do is like it's not good enough you know that there needs to be 
better, more understanding, because what happens is, is that those people then go through their 20s, often taking the pill, not really thinking about it, assuming that they're because they're having a bleed, that they're actually having a cycle and that, you know, not really with an understanding of how that pill is working, because I certainly did not have a clue what the pill did to my body. And then, you know, when you try to get pregnant in your early 30s, you come off the pill and all those issues that were a problem in your late 20s, late teens or early 20s might resurface. And then you've got less time to actually work with your body and try to fix them because you're then in your 30s. And we know that, you know, time and age is, is one of the biggest factors when it comes to, to getting pregnant. So it it you know it's about having those conversations and having that time with people so they've got a better understanding right the way through and it goes right it grows right through you know I'm now perimenopausal HRT you know fanatic and I feel so fortunate that I've had really good education so I'm really clear on what I need to do I know that my cycles Mm. are going a bit weird I've spotted my symptoms you know I'm not assuming that I've just got insomnia for no reason I know that this is a hormonal change and I'm doing something about it immediately rather than waiting until I'm on my knees you know, giving up job, my work or, you know, people can be really broken at that stage of their life as well. And it's that lack of awareness of how your hormones can massively impact you. So whether you're a teenager in your 20s trying to get pregnant or older, understanding your cycle is a, is like, you know, one of the best ways of really keeping an eye on what's happening with your health, I think. Yeah, it's so interesting because what you've just described is literally <clears throat> what happened to me as a teenager. I yeah. was um I did I had a period and then I didn't have one you know I've I've only had uh, I only had uh, like a handful of natural periods before I was on my I say natural I mean because I was put on the pill yeah because I my periods were unbelievably painful and heavy and yeah. I had them once a blue moon so yeah. they put me on the pill and I remember going to the doctor and saying I'm really worried that I'm not going to be able to get pregnant and then saying would well, you want to get pregnant now and me going well like no and then yeah. saying, well, you know, when you're at that stage, kind of come back and talk to us. And that's a huge, that was a huge, it affected me hugely to the point where, because I was on the pill and having a regular bleed, as you say, I assumed that I wasn't going to be able to have children because that was what was happening before I went on the pill. Yeah. And it, you know, it's not just your physical health, is it? It's no. the mental health implications behind that perceived knowledge of what your life is going to be like is, yeah. is really, really damaging. And, and, and structured it sort of shaped a lot of my relationships and stuff because I had no idea and what actually happened was when I decided when me and my first husband decided that we wanted to have children I was fortunate enough to be in a position where someone recommended uh, acupuncture really early on in my journey I had acupuncture and lots of people know this already because I shout from the hills about acupuncture but it completely regulated my cycle and I was then able to to have children but had I had acupuncture at 15 16 14 you know when I was not having any periods yeah and that could have been a whole chunk of my life that not knowing that fear of going into new relationships and should I say anything about my sort of potential fertility you know and I just think if I could give someone like me that gift of knowledge yeah oh my gosh we can all do that we can all pass this stuff on yeah to save women of the future from from that horrendous sort of mental torment yeah 
And and also the sooner you the sooner you know something about it, the sooner you can do something, the easier it is. You know, like so if you're a teenager with really painful periods, like what is going on there? There is something underlying that needs to be investigated rather than just like mask it with the pill and you carry on with life. Like this is a health issue. You know, you wouldn't with any other health issue, you wouldn't just go, well, you know, oh, mind you, you probably would just take that. And then we're not going to investigate it mm. further because, you know, it has serious implications for many other bits of our biology and physiology. So it's, it's a symptom, right? It's a yeah, symptom exactly. of something at work. And you wouldn't. I, I think I've used this analogy before, mate. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, like if your car, if your sort of warning light went on in your car, you wouldn't just smash the bulb and go, oh, I'll be all right now, yeah. <laughs> would you? No. <laughs> like, you've got to get to the root, the cause of the problem. And I think loads of people, loads of us, certainly from my generation, have grown up thinking that heavy periods are heavy, painful periods are just heavy, heavy painful periods. Not that yeah. there's anything that could be underlying. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And all all of those things are like warning signs that something is not working well within your body. So even if you are not, you know, even if you're not ready to try to conceive yet, it should always be investigated because it's really important. Do you see many youngsters, Hannah, or do you see people when they're on their fertility journey? Usually when they're on their fertility journey. But I I mean, we do have uh, often you know, if we see somebody menopausal, they often have a teenage daughter, so they'll mm. often both come together. That's oh, a, that's good. Yeah, that's a mm. common uh, dynamic that we see, and we would like to see more teenagers because you I think, will in time, won't you? Yeah, I think there's a lot that we can do, and I think I think you know, with teenagers, I mean, I'm making a massive generalization, but I think there is a bit more understanding around menstrual cycles and periods. You know, I think that conversation is definitely getting I better. Think the internet helps with that, and we didn't yeah. really have that, did we? No, no, we really didn't, and we we had that. <laughs> I had no understanding of what a cycle. I didn't really know. When I think about it now, I didn't necessarily relate a period to a menstrual cycle and fertility. You know, no. I just thought I, have, I bleed every month or whenever I bleed because it mine also were irregular and it's a pain in the ass. And that was yeah. about as much as I really understood about it. This connection of it being related to your fertility and this idea that you know, you're only fertile for a few days every cycle. I mean, I didn't know that till I was in my 30s. No, I didn't. It's insane. Yeah. Would you think about like, because there must be, there must be, you could go into schools and do like PSE lessons. Would you think about doing that sort of thing? Yeah, I think lots of other people are doing, I mean, if I had the time, absolutely. I think there are a lot of people out there who were trying to do it. But I think, yeah, the problem is, is that, you know, in schools nowadays, that kind of side, that side of things, they either farm it out or they give it to teachers to do themselves. Yeah. So often the teachers don't feel necessarily very equipped to do it. So they don't do it in, in, a, in, a, in a massive amount of detail. And to be honest, it, you know, there's so many things that, that they're trying to cram into the education system. I'm not sure what the priority is about that. And I think, I also think that it's one of those things that, yes, it's really important to have that conversation at school, but it's one of those things that you need to repeatedly have. So at mm. school, at university, you know, because the thing is, is that when you're a teenager, you're just not, it's not, well, I'm making generalization, but if I think of me as a teenager, only 5% of that information would have gone in mm. because my priority would have been about not getting pregnant, 
you know, probably not having a period. And so I guess it's at those touch points of life where you just need to be reminded that um, because as you get into your 20s, maybe you might have more understanding or you might sort of it you, it might be more on your horizon, you know, because it's definitely a step. Well, for me, there was definitely a stage in my life where I was like, I cannot think of anything worse. Like I was terrified of being pregnant, mm. terrified of, mm. of having a family. So I guess it's just about all those different points in time where you have that opportunity to have a conversation about, you know, how long have you been on the pill for? What were you on it for originally? Do you know what your cycle is like? Do you want to have a break and see what happens? You know, it might be really interesting to see for your own health. You know, I think on that documentary the other day, they said something like 80% of people on the pill get depression or anxiety, like the the mental health. It was a really, really high statistic. And it's just like, you know, uh, is our mental health, you know, just that recognition that the pill could be exacerbating your mental health at that point in your life. And I'm not sure how many of those conversations are had. I think people now can just get the pill online. They get their, you know, repeat subscriptions online without a proper thorough check-in of, of what someone's health is like. Well, you don't even need a prescription now, do no. you, for, for no. one type of contraceptive pill? no. no. You can you can just do it all online through the you know your, the pharmacy website. So, and that's great in some ways. Like it's but it's about having that alongside really good education, so that people mm. are aware they might not be feeling themselves because the pill could be really impacting their mental health, and then that could then affect their fertility in the future. Yeah, I think I think as well that the thing about doing it in schools and stuff is that you will reach. The, uh, I completely agree with you. I think so many people wouldn't it won't be on their radar at all yeah but I also think that there will be girls sat there going my my cycles aren't normal and yeah. they're not real uh, they yeah. you know they're not regular and and they last five six seven days or, or whatever that happens to be is that normal you know this whole am I normal which yeah. is so important to a teenager but so difficult to kind of, I never told anyone about my situation because I didn't know I, I was embarrassed, you know, I couldn't, how can you ask that question when you're trying to find out who you are and who everyone else is and boys yeah. and girls and sex and all that stuff. And I think just if someone had come into my school and said, look, this, this is what's normal. This is, you know, if you're experiencing any of this, you might want to talk to someone about it. Then at least you'd know if you're the one sat there thinking, shit, I'm not normal. This isn't normal. Yeah. I need help. Yeah. You yeah. can hit the ground running, can't you? Yeah. 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 And I think it's just like you say, we do it having those conversations repeatedly, because yeah. if you think about it, like in some ways, you know, you have like um, you have uh, you have like clinics, you know, for like sexual health clinics that talk about like STDs and, you know, for your smears and all that kind of stuff. You have fertility clinics. But this idea that you and you have like your sexual health clinics for contraception. So when you don't want to get pregnant, but imagine how amazing it would be if you had a clinic that you went to that was for fertility. So you Mm. went and you had, you could have a fertility assessment, you know, you could get a sperm assessment. It, you know, it was, it was like an education hub, like we have the contraception hubs, but the opposite way around. So people could find out that information and people could really empower themselves with, you know, good knowledge so that they can, um, um, you know, make choices and know about this stuff sooner rather than later. Mm, definitely I think that would be amazing that would certainly have been something that I would have definitely looked into at that age at that at that point in my life just to arm myself with that knowledge because knowledge is power right yeah absolutely. when you go back though to when we were that age people did go to the GP and they did you know say 
I've got some concerns about X, Y, and Z, but they were fobbed off, weren't they? That's the trouble. And, yeah. and that then scares other people to going to get advice and ask. So yeah. if you went to them and told them that you had a heavy period, you would have been told either that's normal or I can put you on, on the, the pill. pill. Yeah. Because yeah. because because in many ways there is there are not a lot of options for what people can do, you know, from a Western medicine perspective. Like, what do you do about heavy heavy periods? You know, if you if you're a GP, GPs have only got a number of tools in their tool belt. You know, they've got painkillers. They've got to check for anemia and give people iron to make sure they're not anemic. And they've got the pill. There's there's not a lot of uh, options that they can offer. Whereas, you know, people like me, we've got the time to look at all mm-hmm. the things that 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 person might be doing in their life that could be impacting. So, you know, we look at diet and nutrition. We look at stress. We look at sleep. We look at um, exercise because we know all of those things can have an impact. But I've got an hour and a half with a person, whereas a GP's got 10 minutes. So it can really you know it's it's about having an understanding from a wider perspective that I think can really help treat those and get to the root cause of a problem rather than just kind of uh you know putting a sticky tape over it which is what it does Mm, definitely what what do you think the answer is it's a good question I think again I think it goes back to education so this idea that you know if you are exercising too much or too little it could be impacting your cycle if you're not eating well enough you know so if you're not having breakfast lunch and dinner that could also be impacting your hormones it's about you know looking at supplements and diets and and you know are are you eating certain foods that are like you know putting too much inflammation in your body looking at stress is stress impacting you and you know exactly exacerbating your hormones and sleep as well you know it's like it's the basics kind of pillars of good health that I think apply to your cycle as well so I think it's just I mean it's difficult isn't it because as you know to a 16 year old 17 year old you know talking about going to bed at a regular time and you know eating well and all those Mm. things how much of it goes in how much (laughs) I wouldn't listen to it five years and went to bed at one o'clock in the morning you know so it's hard, but I guess it's about just continuing to have that information and, and understanding that your lifestyle really impacts your cycle. And there is a there is a direct link, you know, not even from an acupuncture point of view, from a very scientific Western medicine point of view. We know all of these things really impact our hormones and knowing that and having an awareness of that, whether you do anything about it, I guess is, is down to the individual. But having that understanding that it's in your control as opposed to, you know, you go to the pill, you go to the doctor and it's sort of like for you feel like it's out of your control, I think is a good thing to be reminded of repeatedly throughout your life. Because like I say, from, you know, teenage to, to menopause, what we do with our life and our lifestyle can impact how we have a cycle. So it's good. Yeah, to- I guess it just means that when you are ready to take note of those things you you can you can make the changes straight away rather than waiting for months or years and not knowing what why it's going wrong or why it's not happening yeah Mm. yeah yeah and people often think it's just me this is what happens in my family that's a really Mm. common one you know this is you know us whatever family name we all have heavy periods or we all have painful periods it's what we do and actually Mm. you know it's really good to know that's not always the case. I remember really my mum told us we were all really fertile. Right. You won't, you won't have any problems, she said. 
Yeah. Don't have any problems, Laura. Women in this family, all very fertile. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Easy peasy then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and it, and there's things like that that get passed down, don't they? Like those kind of like theories and, and they really influence how we think about things. Mm. Not, they're not really necessarily based on anything. No, true. And it, I suppose what's also good is that you're building the resources, we're building resources so that when women and couples do come into come slightly unstuck because they haven't paid attention in their whatever or whatever that that situation happens to be then at least those resources are all there for them without having yeah. to scour the internet or go and see their gp or you know it's everything that we're doing is adding to to any kind of medical stuff that they might do isn't it supplementing yeah, yeah because that that is the problem i think when it comes to like this whole world of fertility is that you know, you go to your GP, you don't get much information. No, and no disrespect for GPs, they've got 10 minutes. Like, mm. well, how could you possibly? So what happens then is that you turn to the internet or friends and family. And like you've just said, often you get the wrong information or misinformation or, you know, like you get a personal, imp- you get the personal, like this is what happened to me. And therefore you think that that's what's going to happen to everybody, you know? And, and so, it is about well, where do you go for that information? You know, you start going on message boards, it becomes overwhelming. You know, there's it's just having a really good place where you can get really good, helpful, practical information that you can immediately use that's not overwhelming or too much. Um, and I think that's what's really lacking because the only other place you go to is a fertility clinic. And the fertility clinic is a whole new ball game of information that you might not actually need yet you might not be at that stage so there's a a load of money and a load of money yeah exactly there's a real gray area between a GP and a fertility clinic Mm. that nobody's filling and I really feel like that's what you know I really want to campaign and talk about more because I think it's really important and it's not been done enough yeah Hannah do you want to tell us um do you want to give acupuncture a plug and tell us a little bit for those who forget about the acupuncture (laughs) lots of people consider it and think oh I've heard of it but I don't really know what it is I don't really know how it helps so do you want to just give us the lowdown yeah so acupuncture is it's a a a branch of Chinese medicine and it's using needles to um influence and move and impact on your body's energy so the chi of your body is what they call it in Chinese medicine so in Chinese medicine they believe there's 12 channels that are a bit like an electric circuit that run around your body and any kind of like illness or disharmony or pain is like an interruption or a blockage in those channels and so we use the needles to kind of move the energy more freely and create balance and and harmony and health is the kind of underlying principles and from a sort of fertility menstrual cycle perspective I always think that needles are really really good for switching off that stress hormone so there's a there's a few things that acupuncture is very specific for and and one of the main ones I think is switching off stress so when you put needles in it really has an impact in that kind of stress response and the nervous system so it really allows the nervous system to go back to that place of rest and digest as opposed to kind of you know the fight or flight which really impacts your body's ability to digest and for reproductive hormones to kind of work well so I think it it's literally like a switch. I mean, you you know you've had acupuncture. I mean, I don't know about how you are when you've after treatment, but I have to go to bed for an hour because yeah, it really yeah, yeah. turn off my sort of stress response. And that 
you know, at sleep or at rest or when you're in that calm place, it allows your body to to work really well and to 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 do what it needs to do. So for that reason, I think it's great when it comes to supporting people in, with fertility. And there's a lot of uh, research around its ability to improve blood flow to the uterus, to move blood, to do all of those things that are really good for good fertility and supporting people go, going through IVF. So We've got two clinics in in South London, and and that's what we do really a lot of it. And mm. talk to us a bit about because it wasn't actually us that someone brought this up that you do like group sessions. Yeah, so I do. I've got a I've got a community clinic as well that I run. Um, so it's a low cost clinic because the thing is about acupuncture and acupuncture in London um, is that it's really expensive. You know, we have high rents, we have to charge a lot of money. Um, and it makes it prohibitive for lots of people to be able to come and have treatment. And that, you know, did not, you know, it's the bit, it's the bit of my, I love my job. I'm so grateful for it on a daily basis. What I find difficult sometimes is this idea that people have to pay to have the, to access this, uh, amazing therapy so the idea of the community clinic is we have a number of beds and it's low cost so people pay what they can afford basically and you can access and you can come and have treatment but the the only difference is is that you know usually it's one-on-one whereas this is one-on-two so there's usually I usually I'm treating two people at the same time but it just means that more people can come for treatment and more people have that accessibility so you know wherever you are in the country there are lots of they're often called community beds or multi-bed clinics um, and it's often the style of acupuncture that they use in China is this this model. Um, and it just makes it more affordable, basically. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah, good, that is good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it was an, a really important thing to to do alongside everything else because it just sits well with my head. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's We'd love to be able to offer our courses to everyone for free. But, you know, you've got to make the money to be able to keep doing yeah. what you're doing, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. But and also when you know how I mean, you know it with your courses, you know how brilliant it is. Mm. That's the thing. You just want it to be accessible to as many people as possible. And you know, given the world that we're living in at the moment, it's it's good to be able to it's good to be able to offer both, isn't it? That's what yeah. I think. Defo. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, my oh, favorite okay. needle is the one in my ear. Yes. That is a really good one. And you know what? I I just did training in this one. So I do, um, it's called the NADA principle. So it's five needles in the ear. I mean, you can do, you only actually need to do one. But I was learning about it. And there's this idea that, you know, the vagus nerve that connects the gut and the brain, that's often where, you know, how if you think something, it goes straight to your stomach. Like if you it goes straight to your stomach well they believe that this is because of the vagus nerve connection and the vagus nerve actually has branches around the ear so when you do those needles in the ear that's what you're affecting you're impacting and calming down the vagus nerve which I was like yes I love that very zen like that's the most zen I've ever felt they are really you can just have um those needles in your ear and that would be a good enough treatment for I would say most people would benefit from that treatment because especially around fertility and IVF and all of those things, because it's very good for trauma, you know, very good for trauma and anxiety. So, yeah. So can someone literally go into an acupuncturist and say, look, can you jab me right up in the end? Well, in my ideal world next year or the year after, when I've got some time, I want to open just a NADA clinic. 
So my dream is it's a, a clinic where you just come in, you dr- it's like a drop-in clinic and you just have the ear acupuncture because from an acupuncture point, acupuncturist point of view, you don't need to do like, um, you know, you don't need to ask questions. You don't need to take pulses. You don't need to look at tongs. You don't need to do any diagnosis. You can just do the five needles. And I keep mm. thinking, wouldn't it be amazing to have like a day drop-in clinic so that anybody who was going through IVF, who was in the two-week wait, who was kind of pregnant and having to go week in week out to have scans you know scans after loss you know all of that trauma that you could go somewhere every week you don't have to you know you pay a tenner you could do it as a really low cost thing because you can get like 10 beds in a room you know like 10 chairs in a room people come in sit down you put the needles in they stay for 40 minutes you take the needles out and off they go and I keep thinking it would be so good to have it as like a you know, it would be there every week. So if people were feeling really overwhelmed and anxious, it was something that they could just go in, drop in, pay a little bit of love money. And mm, they go. Genius. Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea. I love what I love most is because I was over that, that the medical stuff that I told you about earlier over that period, I really lost faith in medicine and medical professionals and the system, the system as it were. And then yeah. again, after my, after my miscarriage, I, I felt so let down by medical professionals I love the fact that this is so supportive and so beneficial and so empowers you to do something yourself about your own body because that's the, that's the thing that I think so many people struggle with is the fact that everything's unknown in your body. We only know what we were taught and we weren't taught very much. Yeah. And I think that everything that you offer, Hannah, is so empowering because it's stuff that we can do ourselves. Like. Yeah. I think it was Rachel, wasn't it, that said, keep your feet warm. It's just a really basic, yeah. basic thing. Just keep your feet warm. And eat. I, I was told by my acupuncturist to eat warm food in, because of my, you know, what was going on yeah. with me. But these are all stuff. It's not like, oh, take this m- pharmaceutical drug every day for the rest of your life. You know, it's it's stuff like do this. And I know that's not everyone's case and stuff, but it's just so helpful to be able to have things that you can do yourself to feel yeah. like you're helping yourself it's complimentary isn't it so you some yeah, complimentary, you, people yeah. still need the the sciencey medical stuff sometimes but to have yeah, this yeah. as well means that they have some control over it yeah and some input mm. yeah and and I think it's that that whole kind of you know when when we treat people weekly say for example if they're you know they're going through the 12 weeks of uh, you know to get into that 12 week scan you know those first you know if they've been through loss or, or any kind of fertility issue those first 12 weeks are so hard and people feel so out of control like what can I do what can I do you know it's it's so sort of uh beyond anything that they are able to do so going in and having treatment once a week with somebody you know you have the time you can talk you know you can do things reduce the anxiety reduce those feelings of anxiety it is so 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 empowering it's so so helpful and people really really benefit from that because, you know, where else can you go to get it? You can't go to your GP. Your family might say the wrong thing or not be able to do it. It's just a, a total space for yourself. It's, mm. it's, a, it really is amazing. Mm. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for, oh, we haven't even talked about cervical mucus. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you have to go back and watch me and Anna did a whole live on cervical mucus a couple of years ago. So <laughs> if you want to know about cervical mucus, go back. What's and the, um, what's the basic if it drags? It, um if it slides if it slides there's you know you're in basically you're fertile and if it drags then you know no cervical. oh no so, so if it slides get him inside 
It's yeah. Drag, turn down the shag. <laughs> there we are. You I heard it, it here first. Yeah. <laughs> you can have that one, Hannah. You can have that. I'm buying it down now. <laughs> oh, oh, well, it was lovely, as always, to speak to you. Thank you Thanks. so much for um, for coming on finally. And Thank I you think for having me. It's a, nice a to really see you. Yeah. I know. I can't believe it's taken till Series 5 to get you on the pod, actually. <laughs> you on Series 5? That's amazing. Yeah. That's really yeah. good. Mental. Mental. Yeah, no, I think this is going to be a brilliant episode. Really, really helpful. And hopefully you'll uh, see, you'll have a wait, an even longer waiting list <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when it goes out. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Have a good All day. Right. Yeah, and you. Yeah. Take and care. You. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And please, please, when you have a second, rate us, review us and share us. And let's get this taboo smashed. See you next week. Hi, my name is Kay Adams. And to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process. So I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.